Hi everyone, this is Logan with your content heads up for this week's movie, Vicious Fun. Not a lot of warnings for this one, pretty classic slasher gore, and some excessive alcohol consumption if that gets you. Enjoy! They're eating her! And then they're going to eat me! Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome to... Se- oh, 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 I almost left <laughs> okay, my okay. soundproof right. stuff. <laughs> Earthquake. Uh, I'll try that again. Welcome back to Cinemanomicon. Welcome back. If I don't knock over my whole recording setup. Um, <laughs> uh, my name is Kelsey Barnhart. My name is Logan Laveau. I'm Kwame Berry. And we will be your guides for this trippy bit of fun. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. absolutely! I'm, I am. I might not make a whole lot of sense today, but yeah. you know, it'll be a it'll be as fun of a ride as this movie that we pick. Yeah. Exactly, it'll fit just right with the tone, the vibe. Definitely, mm. you know, <laughs> definitely very zany. This one. Oh uh, yeah, this was this uh, was my. Oh, sorry. I just want to say something before we get into the movie because we talked about this the other day. Like I was talking to Logan about like what like the aesthetic of the podcast should be. And I was just like, I feel like we're going for like uh, a back of a VHS store vibe. Ooh. I love that. Love it. You know? Yes. yes. That that could be our little tagline. The be- <laughs> Friends at the back of the VHS store. <laughs> yes. You can find us back there. I mean, come on. It's like the coolest kids would be back there anyway. So listen, that was my sure. first job when I was 15. I worked at a video rental store. Oh, I love it. I don't think I was allowed to work when I was 15, but I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was the only employee. <laughs> when Blockbuster collapsed, I worked at one of those places that popped up around Union Square. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. That, like, bought up all the VHSs and DVDs and stuff and, like, repackaged them as new. <laughs> oh, there were a lot of yes. There were a lot, yeah. Oh, yeah, there was. Yeah. I, I frequented quite a few of those. Um, I worked yeah. in a freaking, uh, again, um, after the death of Blockbuster, <laughs> in a, a video slash video game slash uh, comic store book-off. Uh, it was Japanese-owned and... We did a lot of that too. We did a lot of repackaging, but um, also like you know the whole thing with the trade. People came in and like, oh, like I want to get rid of this, and we clean it up and resell it. Good times. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Wow. That's that's a, that's much more dignified than what I was doing. I was using a, a shrink wrap machine and and posting new stickers on something I took out of a blockbuster <laughs> case. Classic. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and then. Um, so anyway, yeah. <laughs> now that we've all established that we are true uh, movie professionals, mm-hmm. we've been in this game a long time. <laughs> yeah, I got that Afro Samurai DVD to prove it. Oh yeah, yes. oh yeah. Um, and uh, our pick for this week, specifically my pick for this week, is a Shutter original film that came out in 2020, and uh, it is called Vicious Fun. Vicious and let me fun. tell you, it is extremely fun. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> You, you really seem like you had been sitting on that for a while. You should have seen, seen the look on her face. Very self-satisfied. 
Yes. This was, I mean, this was literally like one of those films that just like you can't help like when your smile just starts to stretch kind of like the Grinch in that one, you know, like when the smile just starts to go like across his face like slowly because it's just like. This movie made my heart grow twice its size. It's so, oh, it's just the references in it. I love that it's an 80s setting, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, just with. Uh, what it does uh, with its material is really um, was really unique and funny. I liked it. Oh yeah, uh, I had originally seen this movie, I think last year. Um, and uh, shout out to Shutter for having amazing original content. Yes, yes. We so were uh, just shooting the shit earlier um, and praying that this podcast <laughs> gets popular so that they'll sponsor us. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, so yeah, everything about this movie, the cinematography is just so choice. The editing is amazing. The soundtrack is tight as hell. The casting is just chef's kiss. Uh, the script, hilarious. Like everything about it, you know, it's got a little gore. Uh, you know, it's just fun as hell. It. So this guy... This pathetic asshole. <laughs> he is a horror movie critic for a magazine called Vicious Fanatics. Um, and the, yes. the cold open for the movie is he's quote unquote interviewing this horror movie director. But the, him interviewing is really just being like, oh, you're doing another slow moving villain, huh? Just like all the other 10 movies. Like really roasting the guy and being right. an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, he's like, how come nobody does a taxi driver killer? Yeah. You know, they, they drop you off. They know where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of comes back through the whole movie. Uh, but anyway, so this kind of like nerdy, lonely loser, um, who's in love with his roommate, but, you know, has the nerve, can't work up the nerve to tell her. The most, um, the most bonkers living situation. It's just... This, she's super hot. I don't know why she's living. I mean, yeah, yeah. this <laughs> sad, like, evil Inspector Gadget ass Marty McFly yeah. is living. Like, he's got the. Sorry, I couldn't. It's probably mean because the actor is really good. Like, he is very he's good, really good and very entertaining to watch. He's really good, which is, and you know, that's what always is the gotcha gotcha. Where it's like, I know that you're good because. I'm sitting here like, I cannot stand you most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, as this character. Like, you are doing the yeah. work. He's got this, like, like yeah. dumbfounded, like I said, evil. Like, you guys remember the Inspector Gadget movie with Matt- Matthew Broderick? Yeah, yeah. Back, yeah. With the mm-hmm. choppers. With the, he's got, like, the, the, the teeth, like the evil Inspector Gadget. Like, he does that <laughs> smile, like, whenever he's, like, confused or, like, the, the like just, like, the raised lip with, like, the exposed, it's perfect so teeth. Yeah. They're, like, a little too white. I was like, I could not shake it. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so this guy, you know, he sees his roommate go out on a date and gets super depressed and basically drinks himself to death almost yes. in a bar. I um, Listen, he, I did the math. Yeah. So this gentleman will be fully dead. Um, fully dead. He, so he sees... Did you, did you just say that like, he sees his roommate go out? Yeah. Okay. So he uh, follows his roommate's date to this random bar at a like Chinese restaurant or something. Yeah. Yeah. Interacts with the guy. He's a total shithead. I mean, he's perfect. He's so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Joel is the main character. Uh-huh. And this other guy, his roommate's date is Bob. Bob Neese. Spelled, Bob spelled Neese. like nice, yep. which is yeah. even better. 
Um, and he's just like the perfect, like bleach blonde, 80s asshole, like sports car, uh, you know. <laughs> with a popped collar. Right. Oh my God. Like, Is that a members only jacket? Like, I was like, okay, he's really so good. Really into this whole vibe. Like, for sure. Immaculate. Yeah. But yeah, so after he interacts with this gentleman, he has a, a, a very rough time in which, uh, yeah, th- this guy would be dead. So he has, what, one or two glasses of wine at home, mm-hmm. then drives. He has four vodka martinis, <laughs> two whiskey neats that look like doubles, because the first thing, mm-hmm. he, he's, he drinks with the bob and then he starts drinking by himself. And then he asks the guy to leave the bottle. He has two whiskey shots. He has three wet red wines. He has two beers. Oh my um, he has a whiskey neat and something I'm going to assume is a vodka soda because he's holding like a clear glass and there's like a lemon slice on it that you see for a second. And then a sip of a whiskey double uh, right before that is taken away. Oh, yeah. If and you drink throws- this amount of alcohol, you'll die. <laughs> you'll you'll freaking die, dude. Yeah. That's a stomach pump situation. That, yes, it is. Uh, so he, he fully obliterates himself in this bar, uh, tries to call his roommate, throws up onto the payphone, breaks it, and then stumbles into a cleaning closet and passes out. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he wakes up, it is after hours. Everyone is gone. Uh, The place is locked up, except there is a little circle of people that he fully walks into. Um, And it's kind of set up like an AA meeting. You know, everyone's facing each other in a little chair. And uh, you come to find out uh, it's basically a business meeting for serial killers. And they... Uh, like a support group. Like a support group. Well, <laughs> not, you know, not, they're not really supporting each they're, other. They're listen, just kind of bragging. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not in any way, shape, or form trying to not be ser- serial killers. Yeah. They are, like, It's meeting, like networking. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> to, like, yeah. exchange tips and stuff. Yeah. Right. So he walks in and they assume that he's this other serial killer that hasn't showed up named Phil. So they're like, ah, come on in, Phil, you're new here. Like, tell us your story. So he starts to tell them he's a taxi driver. And, you know, he's kind of working off of his movie pitch from earlier. And they seem to be buying it. You know, he's clearly like a fucking weirdo, but like also they're serial killers. So they're all fucking weirdos. Yeah, it's... um, And they're all like movie pastiches, which is amazing. Mm. You know, there's this super tall guy who's the Jason. He, you know, kills people at sleepaway camps in a mask and a machete. And uh, you have um, the accountant who... uh, also likes to dress up like a clown when he yes. murders people. <laughs> and that's Julian Richings, right, Logan? And Oh, he's a legend. I'm like, oh my gosh, like from our uh, Urban Legend pick. Yes. And it was just so interesting seeing him, you know, definitely a, a creepy character in that, but he was a red herring. So it was like seeing him in this, like really, <laughs> who t- he just takes he's it all the so way. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah, because yeah, I don't... I think he always plays that sort of like fake out, like like he, his characters are always sort of like businessy, creepy, but like he gets to be all like, I, I mean, he was the Joker, kind of, <laughs> like yeah. which is great. Like he puts on this like shitty grease paint and is so creepy. I don't think that actor has ever gotten to do that in a yeah. movie, which is super yes. cool. Yes, um, unhinged. Uh, there's the 
Japanese master chef who's also a cannibal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the government-sanctioned military serial killer uh, who, you know, pours rice in a well to kill an entire village and brags about it. Uh, there is... Oh, there's Carrie. Yeah. Who's this hot, like, eyeliner, bleach blonde hair slicked back, all in black, mysterious woman who's very tough. We we got her in the very, very beginning, um, killing someone, like, getting picked up by this guy who... Oh, that was the cold open. I completely forgot. Yeah, yeah. Um, the guy locks her into the car um and then she kills him instead mm-hmm. of him killing her you know yeah um so she's sort of like the she's like a hot dexter yes yeah she's kind the... of yes she's like the faster pussycat kill kill kind oh, of oh uh, yeah. i, love, you know, I like... love that reference and um yeah. it yeah. was a really great subversion in the opening too yeah because it's like the sort of like black widow uh, kind of right because he's definitely you know really feeble and creepy and you know, decrepit, right. and he, you know, is looking at her with, like, you know, this terrible look, and he's like, oh my god, is she gonna get Clearly out of this? a pervert. And she, you know, one thing about those tables, they turn, <laughs> and she got the drop on him. So, yeah. yeah, so Carrie's, Carrie's about her business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the empty chair is filled by Bob, the roommate's date from earlier. He shows up a little bit late. And he's like our American psycho? Is that, is that the yeah, thing? he's yeah. the one, you know, they say he's the one that fits into high society. You mm-hmm. know, he's a master of disguises, right. a chameleon. Right. Uh, like he's, he's like he's a pathological like the, liar. Yeah, you know? like the, the perfect sociopath kind of like vibe. He's the only one that is like a taxi driver. Hmm, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what a, don't you call into dispatch? Like, what about all this stuff? You know, and he's immediately suspicious of Joel's story, which honestly, like, Joel, just say that you're independently owned like, no, like there's no, so I, many I, lies you could tell right. to I make your taxi car. story believable you know yeah <laughs> i bought the right. car it's my car i don't actually drive a taxi dummy right like, yeah exactly that's all you gotta say exactly there's already I, so many <laughs> bogus taxi drivers in the cities yeah like. <laughs> oh beyond like so many and you know then you have like you know the dollar cabs and you know they go by the beat of their own drum right so yeah, he could have definitely, but that's Joel. Mm-hmm. That's Joel for sure. So uh, after Bob becomes suspicious, uh, shit starts to go down, and Joel and Carrie lock themselves in the kitchen part of the restaurant. And you find out that Carrie is part of some mysterious organization, and she has been tasked with eliminating all of these different serial killers. And she's got this little black book with names full of serial killers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're all crossed off. She's clearly been doing this for a very long time. She uh, basically is like, well, you kind of ruined my plans. I was going to kill them all, but this now shit's gone sideways. You find out that she killed Phil, who uh, they all thought Joel was. He's stuffed in the freezer in the back of the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the cold open is then revealed to be the missing serial killer. That, right. Yeah, that, yeah. that Joel sort of, which is like you get like a moment where, where he wanders in and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm Phil. And she's like, what the fuck? Right. Like it like clips to her for exactly. just a second, like giving kind of a look. And then she just kind of like leans into the lie. It's like, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of this is really just like the first act. Like, I feel like that whole, you know, so much happens, but mm-hmm. there's still so much movie left after like this big reveal, you know? Right. Yeah. Basically, they have to fend themselves off from this gang of serial killers for the rest of the movie. Joel has the bright idea of pulling the fire alarm at the restaurant 
And uh, the cops show up, and it's cops. truly the best part of the whole movie, the in my cops opinion. Are so good. The one guy, oh no. They're literally caricatures. They're so funny. They all have the exact same haircut and mustache. Yes. <laughs> and they all act the same. Yes. <laughs> and they're all just... They oh, are yes. a hot mess. They give me, like, um, I don't know if you guys ever seen Halloween 5 from back in the day, but there's two cops in there that really, I was like, they remind me of these two cops. Like, every time they showed up, like, they were just like a whole act, like a whole stand-up act yeah. in the middle of a horror film, which is just always just, you know, a really great combo. But Because these two are in jail, you know, the cops automatically assume <laughs> that they're the ones responsible of for, course. you know, the, the dead guy in the freezer. Naturally, Logically, yes. Because yeah. mm-hmm. the super inoffensive uh, Japanese character gets strangled with his own <laughs> intestines. Um, ah, yeah. Yep. Now, someone else's intestines, but does get strangled with intestines. Oh, that's right. You're right, you're right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil's, yeah. uh, I think. Phil's, Phil's think intestines. Phil's intestines. That's right. Yeah. But um, that was sick. Oh. <laughs> it was crazy. It was great. Crazy. It's funny. Like, the whole the whole movie is kind of like, in that first scene, when he's poking holes, doing the fan thing, this, like, this whole movie is, like, commenting on fans who, like, try to find all these logical fallacies and stuff mm-hmm. but like like can't suspend their disbelief for a movie and so, and then like kind of also invites you to do it and be like yeah 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 like this is all kind of part of it this is like part of the culture and like you know it's it's great so they're they're at the police station and bob shows up but he's got a fake mustache on and he mm-hmm. says oh i'm with the fbi and my name is agent jack something um and of course they immediately believe him for some reason, no identification necessary. Well, <laughs> no, he has a, he has a he has an idea. I think. I think he's probably has like a fake mm-hmm. badge, I mean, but like yeah, it's more like yeah. he he shows up in a in a suit, and they're like, oh, uh-huh. they're like, oh, you must be telling the truth because you're handsome and charming and white, <laughs> <and a> man. <laughs> exactly. Um. So. They take Bob to go see their prisoners, and of course Joel is like, "That's the guy. That's the serial killer. That's Bob. You gotta get him. Um, that's a fake mustache. It's obviously a fake mustache." And the cops are like, "Don't you insult a man's mustache!" Just wheels off. Just it's like so... completely unhinged. It's so funny. Anyway, so all the serial killers show up at this police station and slowly pick off all the cops one by one. Uh, as so you do, they start and like. The cops. He's like, well, uh, you know, uh, I, I hope better go I hope investigate this noise. Like, I hope, hope it's so- nothing. Yeah, he's like, I hope, I hope something doesn't happen to you while you're gone. He's like, I hope not. <laughs> I'm the only thing my stepdaughter Karen has in the world. Right. Like with, <laughs> like a completely dead, like just like completely deadpan, and then turns away. Right. And it was just like <laughs> and you complete silence after such that. Such a throwaway line. Right. Oh, that was hilarious. Oh my god. Yes. <sighs> This is sort of the part of the movie where, like, all these, like, fun subversions start really playing into the plot. Because, like, again, like, the serial killers don't, like, stick around. They they dip out. The cops assume that the people there with the bodies are not victims. They yeah. go to jail. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, like, mm-hmm. when the roommate, Sarah, shows up because Joel tried to call her and was like, Ah, oh, Bob's going to come get you because he's a serial killer. She's She reasonably thinks he's insane and tries to come get him from the police station. 
and gets attacked by the clown guy. Mm-hmm. But he's just like an old man. Yeah, he's just like an old guy. You know, he's not like <laughs> physically built. And she whoops his ass. Right. She breaks out her like self-defense class. You know, it's like that scene in Miss Congeniality when she yeah. does the just sing, you know, solar plexus, instep, neck, groin. Uh, she basically does that to this guy. <laughs> And like beats Ed, his ass and runs away. Knees. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Damn. Um, yeah, that this is kind of when the tables start to turn on the serial killers and uh, you know, they become the hunted. Oh well the third act is they're at the hospital because Carrie gets oh, stabbed. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um so they rush her to the emergency room and right. uh, it, 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 once it again the lone the lone serial killer survivor, Bob, shows up. D- disguised as a doctor nobody suspects anything so the last act is right. them you know kind of defeating him in the hospital and his death is truly <laughs> excellent if you ask me <laughs> he ends up being stabbed like 60 times with a scalpel in the stomach and then Carrie stabs it into his eye and he just he takes like five minutes of just groaning it, it to was, die it was as if they heard me because oh, every, well every single stab I was like well that wouldn't kill him <laughs> well if you stab him in the eye that's not gonna kill him he pulls out his own eyeball and just groans at it yeah he and it, it doesn't kill him like he gets he gets stabbed in like the the stomach oh, and like God. in the intestines like well that's not gonna kill you it's gonna take a while yeah and oh, it does um, it's brutal yeah then he gets thrown up on <laughs> he gets thrown up on which is just the cherry the icing on the cake on top of it all and after all of that uh, yeah you find out that um joel kind of became carrie's apprentice uh slash intern i guess and the movie ends with them uh you know taking down another serial killer at a movie theater yeah yes showing a um the man who he was interviewing for his horror mag uh in the beginning of the film it was like a film that he did that he kind of ripped from Joe, like he ripped the, mm-hmm. the taxi cab idea. <laughs> yes, and he's like, I knew that was a damn good do idea. Do not share your exactly. Do not share your don't do it. Ideas. Be really careful about that, you guys, because they played Joe. They played him. They really did. Um, so wow, well, that took us like twenty minutes just to tell the plot of the movie, but it's so every single part of it is so fun. Yes, I just don't want to miss anything. <laughs> Yeah, and it kind of just, like, you really don't know where it's going to go the whole time. Um, it swerves. It swerves. It's it's fun. The pacing, like you like you guys were mentioning, is really you know on point, which is key for this type of thing. And um, it also... Have y'all seen The Babysitter? Yes. Netflix? Yes. That's the one the, with the teenage kids right. that start to do just the whole like, ritual. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know... The teenager, exactly. Just the whole idea of stumbling into, oh, wait, all of these fucked up, you know, people are like all in a meeting together and I'm, you know, I just stumbled into it and now I kind of have to fight for my life, you know, that kind of thing. I was like, oh, this is fun, you know, but I I liked um, with with Vicious Fun. I liked how um, how it was uh, uncovered just like with him, you know, being like a aficionado of the genre. And uh, it just fit into the tone really well. Yeah. You know, uh, it was great. It was really cool. <laughs> the 80s setting, too, just really just made it all pop. Ugh, and it's just, it's so funny. 
you know, anyone that's a fan of like Shaun of the Dead, I think would really like this movie. There's there was uh, a lot of yes. uh, just kind of emotional similarities for me, um, just in how quick it was, and you know, there's no there's no fat on this movie. It's been trimmed very well, right, right. And even even the parts that are weirdly long, like his weirdly long Bob's weirdly long death scene, is it's perfect. Uh, and Bob also has a weirdly long sequence and towards the middle of the movie. Um, after they've discovered Joel is not a serial killer and, you know, he and Carrie are locked in the kitchen, Bob puts on the, oh God, what is it called? The music machine. The jukebox? <laughs> the jukebox. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the music machine. Girl, put her right in bed. <laughs> wow, this is what I'm talking it's about. Like My brain's not working right. today. Uh, but anyway, he switches on the jukebox and just has this incredible, insane, like, dance sequence. <laughs> And it's like just slow mo. So fitting. Uh, and it's so good. <laughs> it's insane. What a what a good movie. I wonder how many times we've said fun in this episode. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, that should be a drinking game. But I thought, yeah, I really, really, um, I really admired it. I thought um, it kept stumping me about uh, Joel's roommate because I'm like, where have I seen this girl before? Like, I, she looks so familiar. Come to find out. She's Manny from Degrassi's sister. That's who I guess I thought it was. I was like, oh, is this the girl from Degrassi? No, it's her sister. They look alike. Oh. oh. That's just a sidebar. Hey, I guess it runs in the family. Yeah, it's a Canadian. I believe this movie was shot in Canada, you know, which tracks with Degrassi and all of that. But Nice. And as well as a lot of really prominent slasher movies from this period. Oh, yeah. From the 80s. A lot of the good ones came out of Canada. So. Oh. Hell yeah, Canada. It all fits. That's dope. You know? Another thing I love about this movie is there are there were a lot of opportunities for it to like, you know, make a make a bad decision and it just never did. Um, like the fact that there are only really two women characters in the whole movie. Yeah. Like normally I'd be kind of like grumble grumble about that, but they're both treated very well. Right. Like they're both really well written. You know, Sarah's kind of an incidental character, but she even has her little moments to shine. Yes. You know, Carrie is like. Like, she could have been much more of a stereotype right. than she was written as. Uh, you know, she's like this... I mean, you know, there are several people comment on the way that she looks in the right. movie. You know, when Bob calls the cops, he's like, oh my god, there's so many bodies. Like, you have to come help us. It's covered in blood. There's a girl with a lesbian haircut. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know... She's fucking badass and is constantly, <laughs> you know, getting the upper hand on everybody. Right. It's dope. Um, and uh, Joel doesn't get the girl at the end, which I was very happy about. They do not fall in love. Very she, important. She does not reward <laughs> his behavior. They go and do separate things. And she calls him out on his behavior. She's like, oh, so yes. uh, you followed your roommate's date here, huh? That's totally normal. Exactly. Like, that's the whole reason why you're here is because of that. <laughs> like, your behavior, maybe don't be such you know? a creep, dude. And it's like, right. <laughs> right. You can't project so much onto Sarah because, again, you know, your feelings for her are unrequited. So, like, she can do what she wants to do. You do realize that. She was really just giving him that cold, hard truth, you know? <laughs> he needed to hear it. He needed to hear it. Ugh. The the cinematography is really really dope. Like there's a lot of great use of lighting. Like yeah. very fun, colorful. Yes. It, the very beginning sequence, the cold open with Carrie is so that that was like I was like I don't know I, uh, Logan says I'm really gonna like this movie, but uh, 
just the framing of that first shot when she's like in the phone booth and then the music kicks in. It was just so like, I was like, oh, okay, dope. Cool, 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 cool. cool. This is why you got to trust me. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's right. Yes. Yeah, I'm really bummed that more people haven't seen this movie. I guess this is why we're making this podcast, right? Because right. when I first saw it, I was mind blown. I was like, this is a perfect movie. I just want to talk about it to everybody. And nobody has seen it. <laughs> yeah. Story of my life. Yeah, I mean, that's... Go that's, watch it, people. Right, right exactly. So I can talk about it with you. Come on. <laughs> it's just really good. We can describe all the scenes... It, it's use of color, like it's use of the music, like so if, many themes come in and like pop their face back into the movie so many times, like mm-hmm. that you know they're really great about their continuity and their you know right. their little inside jokes, like the at the police station, one of the cops is eating Chinese food and reading a copy of Vicious Fanatics, the fucking magazine that Joel works for. <laughs> yes, yes, those touches are so like just chef's kiss. Like they're really they're really fun. They fit, and I think there was a I read up on a review of the film that I think like really uh, put it all together. Where it's like you know it's going to delight any horror fan with you know who has like a, a cursory knowledge of mm-hmm. of like you know the genre as a whole, especially like you know the subgenres that are in the eighties era. And this I think both works as a really great homage. But also, like, it's great on its own, you know? Yeah. Um, Which is also, you know, really, just really dope. I, I thought it was fun again, I have to say it, but it was, it was, it was <laughs> a lot of fun. We need a counter. Yeah, <laughs> for for we do. Go back to the beginning of the episode. This is for the audience. Go back to the beginning of the episode. Count every time we say fun. We'll wait here. Um, take that many shots and you'll be as drunk as Joel is when he got into this situation yes like (laughs) (laughs) you too can die of alcohol please (laughs) you too um, or if you're um, as lucky as Joel just pass out in a um, broom closet and then you know see where the rest of the night takes you yeah you get to hang out with a super cool chick in a biker jacket like right Oh, she's so hot. <laughs> Logan has a crush. I don't know if you guys could tell. <laughs> well, she was lit. You know, she really was, like, she was serving a lot. And, and we all, you know, a, a character like that in a film who was a woman, like, you know, we need more of that anyway. Yeah. I, yes. I thought she was a really, like, a breath of fresh air in that, uh, in a story like that. Yeah, yeah, she also wasn't, like, unlikably mean. Who's this actress? Like, like her character is not, like, unlikably mean. Right. Like, she's she, like a New Yorker. She's just real blunt. She's she's extremely <laughs> yeah. adequately mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, hey, listen, this is, you know, I got a mission. You know, I know what I'm here to do. So you can either... Amber Gold Exactly. So you can yes. either, you know, fall in line, you know, and if, if you know, you know, it's good for you. And luckily, Joel isn't that stupid, you know, that he's like, okay, I got to follow behind what she's doing because she knows what she's talking about. She knows what she's doing. And, you know, she wants to be on the other side of this where she's like, I'm taking all these fools out. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty much not stopping. So I don't know. Like, she was, <laughs> she was great. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just I just love how self-aware the movie is the whole time. I mean, there's this, like, straight-up breaking the fourth wall little monologue that one of the cops has at one point, you know, because uh, he's the one reading the Vicious Fanatics magazine, um, and the other cops are kind of picking on him for 
reading like a trash magazine and he's like, well, it, you know, subverging, subverting the, the horror genre. You know, he, he goes on this like whole little tangent <laughs> about like, <laughs> yeah, horror <laughs> subgenres and like the, you know, the intricacies of the of the horror genre and the other cops are just yes. like, you're so weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, I'll watch this movie three more times to watch those cops. They were so funny like the whole interrogation scene when they have uh joel and carrie in in the the precinct because it's a small town and there's only three cops Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just perfect (laughs) several times one of the cops like tries to pull out his gun and like fails and is like oh i almost shot you like anytime there's any sort of like jump startle scare fake out he like leaps oh, nice. nine feet into the air and like threatens to pull his gun out like like it's like fumbling with this tiny little pistol it's so good it's like little snub nose revolver it's it's just good job good job good job yes 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 directed by cody callahan shout out to cody callahan great job bro shout out Yes, yes, this was definitely, I mean, you you did what you needed to do. Like, I love that, you know, you paid homage to the era, but you also were like, you know, there wasn't that sort of like air about it where it's like, oh yeah, these movies are dated, you know, or these movies are, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we're here to make fun of that kind of stuff instead of it being like, you know, just elevating the material. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think they succeeded with that. It's definitely a movie by horror fans for horror fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> this just makes me so excited for the Shutter originals, you know, because something like this clearly didn't have like a huge budget and, you know, clearly hasn't had a wide release really because nobody's heard of it. Right. Um, but it's just so delightful. And, you know, the fact that there is this platform that is allowing so many more smaller independent horror movies to be made is awesome to me because I, um, I feel like horror movies often get swept into this kind of lowbrow category and it's like, Oh, there's no substance to this. It's just about people dying, but there's so much substance and you know, the horror movies have done and said so much over the years. And, uh, you know, especially the, the more independent ones when people get real weird with it. So choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, 100% agree across the board. Like, there's... And once they're done, you know, and obviously, like, you know, there's good, bad, everything. But, like, the ones that are really, really, like, you know, hit a home run are the ones where it's like, okay, not only is this plot potentially dealing with something that is potent, you know, or where something that scares us in real life, but they make it so intimate which makes it more effective you know versus being maybe preachy about something or maybe being like really broad with something um i think like good horror definitely just focuses in okay like what is this character going through with this situation that is horrific or foreign to them and and seeing how they um prevail or or sometimes they they don't you know uh, shout out to drag me to hell and you know movies like that where <laughs> you know she doesn't really pick it out <laughs> in the end. but you know uh it's all about the, the execution it's all about you know the ride along the way and the experience it's giving you and and all that good stuff that we that we love but exactly yeah. i agree 
And now there's a, there's a full streaming service that's only horror movies. If somebody told me that 10 years ago, I'd be like, no way. Nobody would ever pay for that. But I mean, doing, I would, but like, yeah. <laughs> you know. And they're doing such a good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are. Like, I'm just sitting in the corner, like, crossing my fingers being like, please don't get bought. Please don't get bought. Please don't get bought. Please don't get bought. Right? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. But I mean, they are, they're leading by example. You know, like, they really are. They're leading by example, especially, like, you know, like, in the, you know, in the horror community, you have your festival circuits, and you have, like, all these people like that. And yes. uh, Shudder, like, besides you guys, I would say, like, when I'm, you know, kids communicating with, like, some other people out there in the field and whatnot, like, Shudder is always a topic of conversation. You know, oh, yeah. it's always a topic of conversation, and I, I'm... Like you, I'm grateful for it. I think, like, you know, I'm glad that we have that example of it. I hope that um, it'll inspire, you know, continue to inspire um, up-and-coming filmmakers to be like, you know what, if this idea seems a little bit too, like, I don't know, like a little too uh, far left or a little too over the top or something like that, but there is, you know, people like Cheddar. There are people who are, like, you know, willing to invest in something that, you know, is... Like, legit, it may be a little bit like, oh, I don't know if people are into this, or maybe because they haven't seen that many examples of this, but that doesn't mean it's still not valid and can definitely be a great horror. Right. Yeah. Or sci-fi or fantasy or, you know, or what have you, but, right, but right. yeah, for sure. That, like, so that kind of reminds me, I saw one of the, I saw a review that it, like, kind of accused it of, like, it said latent sexism from, hmm. I think it was The Guardian or something. Which is fun. Yeah, which I thought was interesting because i think it's kind of a, th- a thing that happens a lot where where people confuse sexism or racism or something being in a movie with something being sexist or racist or, or what I see. like like s- something commenting on people's behavior being se- like this movie is very explicitly about like sexism and sexist tropes and like you know, our, like, the main character falls into the situation because he, like, assumes the the protector guys, and he... Uh, right. And, like, yeah. the problem would have been solved. Like, he, he does nothing to help. Like, he does not save this woman's life. Like, if he had done nothing, Carrie would have iced these fools Yeah, that oh, night. Yeah. <laughs> and she told his ass, like, to his face, too. She's like, you know I do not need you. Really. In fact, he probably made it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, A, you're you're making this more challenging for me. Yeah. Um and, and B, like your behavior is bad and creepy and super like she calls him out. Like and that's the that's what I mean when I'm like, yeah, the main character is sexist. Mm-hmm. That's why he's there, so people can tell him that. So that hopefully he learns something right. and grows. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like And you know, they they call Bob like I don't remember exactly what they call him, but he, you know, he targets only women and he goes on a date with them and then somewhere between like the first and third date murders them. And, you know, unfortunately, it is mostly women being murdered in our society. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) it's not that unrealistic. (laughs) Cough, cough. So, yeah, I would would definitely disagree with (laughs) with that review. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Yeah, everyone's got their own opinions. Everyone's got their own opinions. Right, but right. There, listen, there are so many sexist horror movies. There are. And I don't think this is one. There of are. Them. This doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just it, right. I I agree. Like speaking, I I don't 
it doesn't strike out as as an example of that to me either. Is it a little racist? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> a little bit, a little, little, little bit, little bit. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's weird because it 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 makes a this uh, the American government character who is like talking about doing the things that the American government mm-hmm. tells him to do. In one hand, to sort of be critical of like American foreign policy and uh, like American racism, like and stuff like that, and then on the other hand, presents you. Iron Chef Cannibal, <laughs> which I was just like, wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> and like the only other person of color in the whole movie is like an Indian doctor. Right. <laughs> right. Who's also right. very funny. Who's very funny, but he you know, has like funny, one line. Funny, holy shit. <laughs> it's just a, such a well-timed bit. Like this yeah. movie is very funny too. Like so good. Good choice. Good choice. Good choice. Good choice for sure. Yes. I truly love this movie. Definitely in my top 10 favorite horror movies. Word. A very recent addition. Um, Which is great, you know, because it's like things coming out recently. uh, It's just always good. You know, if there's something that comes out in the past like five or so years, right, that can make it to your like a top 10 or something like that. And yes. Because a lot of them are not worthy in the best way possible. <laughs> yeah, in the best way in possible. In the best way possible. <laughs> <laughs> not it's to just, you know. Yeah, it's just so nice to see a movie it. that has so many of these tropes and yet makes it completely refreshing. Right. You just put fucking modern horror movies in the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, a lot of them are the same movie over and over again. <laughs> Listen, about it makes. <laughs> yep. Okay, literally that. Exactly that. You know, and it's like now we're in an era which is, I don't know, like it's so crazy when you look at it in hindsight or just look at a marquee nowadays and, and you see it's like, oh, that was here before. That was here before. You know, yeah. that was a different sort of thing announced this but it's you know the same thing so it's like why, the whole why do thing we was, keep having to remake things come on it's because it's like all right for instance right um we're familiar with tubi and i found out i don't know if you guys heard too but like uh the jamie lee curtis Tarek train uh 80s mm-hmm. horror film is getting remade this year and it's going to premiere on tubi and uh they're having like a halloween like I guess rollout, like with uh both they're bringing stuff to the app, but they're also doing original content. So the Terror Train remake is like their first foray into like, oh, this is like our first original sort of horror film, you know, for the most part. But it's a remake, and the thing is, when I think about Terror <laughs> so Train, original. right, right, right. But when I think about Terror Train, it's like it's not. I like it. I do like it, and it's it's a film that I've owned before and everything like that. But it's as far as like, you know, the ones that come up in conversation, the ones that have had like a lot of impact, it doesn't really hit that. And it's like, when you think about remakes, it's like, well, that's not a remake I would be particularly mad at because arguably there's room for improvement, right? Mm, like you have, you have things there that, you know, at work and things there that probably, you know, could use some, you know, some oiling up or whatever. So Right. I, Stop I don't... remaking good movies. Start remaking bad movies. Take a Things... second pass at it. <laughs> that, that, that right there. You know, take the like, good parts think of about the meat that. out and make a new stew. Yeah, it's like, that was a good idea. I love what that. An awful film. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like you know what? This is your way of taking this. Uh, you know this this plot or this 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 storyline, and this is you know my vision of it. 
instead of constantly doing that to something that's already revered and something that already, you know, got a lot right, you know, it's like, why go back to that when you could do something different? But obviously we know the answer to that, you know, that would make too much sense if people, you know, if more people thought how we're thinking. But I think Terror Train may be (laughs) a good example of potentially more people doing that because I was so surprised. I was like, Terror Train. Well, welcome, welcome to my, 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 my sneak pitch meeting. Remake Beastmaster. Um, <laughs> I like the idea of movie refurbishment. Refurbishment. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, keep I like take that. a broken movie and keep, fix it up. Yeah, keep the part where the boy gets carried off by an eagle. Um, <laughs> oh my god, I've never seen <laughs> Beastmaster, Kelsey. What? Me neither. Oh. Okay, well, that might need to be one of my picks, even though it's not strictly a horror movie, because I don't think anybody's seen Beastmaster, and it's <laughs> Absolutely this looks wild. bonkers. <laughs> Do people get murdered? I yes. feel like okay, that's then No, it it, it it is absolutely like a sword and sandal, like Conan the Barbarian <laughs> wannabe. No. Thing. I don't know when it came out or if that's like so many of those. Like right, it's right. just the guy is so un- maniacally like I know I'm hijacking your episode to talk about Beastmaster. The oh guy, my god! The guy is so maniacally ripped, and his face does not look like he looks like such a just like a nice kind of like guy that you'd interact with at a grocery store. He just it's so bizarre. Oh One of those moments gosh. where you know somebody rips off their shirt and they're secretly ripped, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Why is this librarian so jacked? <laughs> Ah, Beastmaster. Okay, love this it. This looks crazy. You have Rip Torn. You have Don Amos. Uh, Rip Torn. Uncle Phil from A uh, Fresh Prince. Tony Todd, the original Candyman. Yeah. Um, Michael Berryman ah. from The Hills Have Eyes. Is in this. Shit. Okay. Okay. Well, we might just have to. That that's going to be my justification. <laughs> this is like a Lego toy box full of a bunch of horror icons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love that the second half of this episode has just been us like <laughs> rambling about random things. So. Oh, Kwame, your pick yeah. is next. Yes. What have you got for us? Ah! Oh, yes, yes. I. Okay, guys. So we were just talking a lot about things, you know, like just like, you know, with certain things that come up and people are like, oh, like, is this trope a sexist mm. trope? Is this trope. You know, a racist trope and things like that. And as you were just talking about that, it got me thinking of something that I know this is like, <laughs> this is on a whole other wavelength for the most part, but I think that we, I would love if we covered it. And that is The Stepford Wives from 1979. Oh, the yeah, original. Man. Yeah, it's one of my favorites and um, one of my favorite books as well that it's based on. But, I haven't uh, seen it actually. Wow. Oh, I'm really excited for you to see it. Me too. It's been I'm a while really excited to see it, but it's been yeah. a while since you've seen Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. Good pick. Because I think every, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of people are familiar with the, there was what the... Wasn't Nicole Kidman? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep, right? the remake. I, I didn't see that one either, honestly. And you know what? It's like, a lot of people are, that was my first, to be honest, uh, what do you call it? Um, introduction to the source material, right? But um, they mm. definitely, I would say, took a different tone to it. Like, it's very much the, the Nicole Kidman one is very, like, Tim Burton, you know, dark 
comedy kind of thing where it's like, you know how Edward Scissorhands is so bright and fluffy, but underneath it, it's kind of, you know, a little demented, a little, you know, there's something else kind of going underneath the surface. So it's like mm. sort of that. Um, and the original is not that at all. It's very like straight up, you know, this is um, a horror film. Get Out took a lot from it as well. But obviously, you know, did it something. Oh, makes sense. But it's uh it's it's definitely i think especially nowadays uh with many of the things that uh we are witnessing in the news and that you know uh women are witnessing you know in the country and whatnot mm. i think um a film like this talk about a horror hey, show hey okay there you have it Oif. just oh but i think that this is just um a really good um like again 1975 but there's so much about it that's timeless both good and both bad so um, I, I'm really excited for us to dissect it and get into it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And there's, Let's yeah. slice into that meat. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's a good one. <laughs> it's a goodie. I don't know why I keep making food metaphors today. Am I hungry? <laughs> Maybe. Might be what it is. I think I am too. <laughs> I got home too late. Everybody grilled out and everything. Mm. By the time I got here, I was just like, oh, you know what I mean? So I got to get on that. <laughs> we got to put ourselves back together. Uh, well, this has been delightful. It's Thank been you fun. guys for watching one of my favorite movies. Uh, as always. Well, I, it was fun. I, I know I'm... <laughs> vicious... Uh, listen, vicious, I keep setting myself up. But vicious fun. Vicious fun. Was, was that. It definitely was. I'm really glad I watched it. I watched it twice. Oh, um, really? And, I did too. Oh, yeah. Because first time it was, it was fun as hell. But the second time, I'm like, you know, I know I, I really want to... You know, when you watch something and then you get the jokes... Mm-hmm. But you want to like actually, you know, like okay, like how, why was this so funny? Like you know, you just it's just it has that element to it where you want to go back and and witness it again because they just exactly and all the all the actors are so good. Mm-hmm. Do yourself a favor, watch it right now. Sign up for Shutter. Shutter sponsor us. <laughs> we'll do it, Shutter. <laughs> I just downloaded it. I'm a very happy customer. And um, <laughs> hey, just take it from me. Trust us. We're your friends. Absolutely. <laughs> also, get some more like space themed horror. But oh, whatever. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's great for now. <laughs> just minor suggestion. <laughs> uh, uh, well, until next time. Uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in to Cinema Nalicon. Yes. Uh, my name is Kelsey Barnhart. My name's Logan Laveau. I'm Kwame Berry. Keep it spooky, kids. Always. <laughs>